You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Who's going to make the playoffs in the Western and the Eastern Conference? Here is who I have in the Western Conference in order. Jokic and those Nuggets, number one. Shocker here, Rockets at number two. Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Blazers, Warriors. Yes, Warriors without Klay Thompson. And, of course, the Spurs. Let's go to the East, my brother. I like Bucks, what you did there. Celtics in front of the Sixers. That's right. I put the Celtics in front of the Sixers. I've got the Pacers in the top five. It gets a little squirrely down here. Nets, Heat, Magic, and yes, that is right. I put the Detroit Pistons in the eighth seed. Nowadays, everybody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish, and motherfuckers act like they forgot about Lowry feeling it tonight! Kyle Lowry with 28! <laughs> As Carter comes up shooting, got it! 1.2 seconds to go! Vince Carter, you are amazing! Give it to me! A little baby black! Gabbage out of here! <laughs> Welcome to Toronto Sport Matters, podcast number 81. Hope you guys had a fantastic holiday, great Christmas, and an amazing New Year. Sorry we missed you guys the last couple of weeks. We have lives beyond basketball, but the trio is back. We have Gregory Yeroshadis. Greg, how you doing, man? What's new with you? Well, happy belated Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. Festivus for the rest of us. Anything new with you? What's going on in your life, Greg? I stare at my computer screen writing my thesis. 24 hours a day. What do you celebrate? Christmas? Uh, I was Macedonian New Year's. I was baptized Greek Orthodox, but I am closer to a Buddhist than I am a Christian. So like I celebrate Chris I celebrate Christmas as a, you know, general holiday, but you don't have a tree. Well, that was the most uh, pretentious shit I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> Self-proclaimed Buddhist Gregory Yoroshadis. <laughs> I'm very zen, you know, I'm very spiritual down to earth, you know. I, I think used a to lot be agnostic. Deeper. Yeah. Now I am spiritual. All hey right. man, when I, whichever way you a, whichever way you connect to the to the metaphysical I'm, universe. I'm a fucking know? nihilist, bro. All right, moving down. I am the, not a nihilist. <laughs> moving down the lane, we got Christian Wolfgang Graffin. How you doing, brother? Good, and for the record, I'm Astro Zorian. I'm a pacifarian. I can make up things too. <laughs> No, it was good. It was a good break. Had a good Christmas. Had a good New Year. Had a good birthday. Got my Raptors tattoo. Just showed you guys. So it was a good. It was a good. It is actually an amazing tattoo. It Uh, is the ring. It is the ring, and I will put a picture. The one true ring. But I got it on Friday. Can you stop hitting on Graffin for a sec, please? And can we do a podcast? If you would stop looking so good with that tattoo. Speaking of looking good, I like I was mentioned this before. Like we're we're kind of talking about like Greg is in like in hermit the, in mode, midst, hermit mode in the midst of his like uh, dissertation writing, yeah. finishing his PhD. And I think like bef- like before the Christmas break, like I'm just completely honest with you, like you look like homeless, like like Santa, like homeless Santa, <laughs> like um, only Torontonians will know Santa. Yeah, like you just you, you you look like your life is falling apart. And today, like your your skin looks great, you're glowing, man. You got a new haircut, the beard looks trimmed, you got a nice like soccer shirt on, like you don't look like a vagabond. My barber took care of me, you know. I got a cut before I went to my uh, partner's parents' house. You know, can't roll in looking like Santa. Uh, you know. Is that like the politically correct term now, partner? 
girlfriend? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, because girlfriend implies a gender. Like, can you say, like... partner is the preferred term. Is it man cave or fan cave now? You know, to each their own, right? So, you know, it depends, right? What if it's a two... What what if it's a a male-male relationship? Then it is a man cave still. I don't abide by your rigid gender construct, bro. It's still a man cave. Alrighty, let's get to the <laughs> topics at hand. Toronto Raptors this is a Toronto Raptors podcast. Six and four in the last ten. So I wouldn't say a tailspin, but a little bit of a uh, new year, late year malaise. Uh, I guess the first topic at hand we'll get through. How has the team been able to sustain their performance? You know, in dealing with a, a ton of injuries. You know, obviously Fred Van Vliet came back uh, like a couple a week ago or so, uh, but we still have you know Serge Ibaka. You know, is relatively injured. Marcus Salt is still out right now. Kyle's coming back, or is back, but you know, still coming back from that injury. Uh, Graf, what do you, what's your perspective of the team coming into the new year and how we've been able to deal with these injuries? They seem like they're constantly a new one every single week. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet, another one down today. And uh, it's terrible. I actually had a friend who was going to that Washington game when they announced that Siakam was going to be injured because he he was sort of the surprise injury, right? We knew about Gasol that game. Yeah. It was that Detroit game. That Detroit game screwed us over. And Powell went out, Gasol went out, and then Siakam we heard afterwards. But I think they've been great, honestly. Like you said, six and four without three starters in our starting in our lineup. And our best player. Our best player by far. Well, Kyle Lowry has well, shown Well, I think shown Kyle's out. our most important player, but but Siakam is our most talented player. Yeah, and certainly the one that we're trying to get the ball to this year, I'd say the most. So like when you take that away, it's been impressive. It's been pretty much the defense. I also think Nick Nurse is, mm-hmm. I mean, if he's not being mentioned for coach of the year, this little stretch of not having his starters and still doing well, it definitely would put him up there. I think the most impressive win over the whole time was the win over Boston after the Christmas break. Yes. It was a huge bounce back win. The Christmas game was disappointing. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I was up, I was I was having breakfast with the family, everyone was there. We were all excited to watch the Raptors and then it was we a good played, game. Because we played the back to back. I was still in bed. You played a back to back forty eight <laughs> hours before that, man. Right? Boston had no games. They were able to just chill there and wait for us. But you're right. The bounce back. It, it, it's our. It really looked like our first Christmas game in a long time. Like it didn't. Like we looked a little nervous. And again, Boston handily beat us. But other than that game, again, like I said, the most impressive was the bounce back game. So I'm not, not concerned about that. Miami's a tough team. So I was expecting to lose to them. To be perfectly honest with you, especially when you're playing there in Florida, the guys apparently uh, had a little extended trip. Uh, there too. They Makes stayed sense. there all the way until the Brooklyn game. So yeah, I mean, look, uh, the losses I'm not surprised about. It's it's the regular season, and and we're getting by with a, a shorthanded rotation. I've been I've been impressed to say the least. Boucher, I was gonna say, you know, to me, a huge contributor, right, has been those uh, guys off the bench, right, Chris Boucher and the other Canadian um, whose name uh, I'm forgetting, Boucher Brissett. Brissett, he was huge in that Boston Syracuse. Win. He was big on that Boston win, man. He was guarding Tatum. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Nurse. Nurse uh, subbed him in at the end of the third quarter, and he matched up really well against Tatum. And he just, like, rode him for Kept the whole in there, fourth quarter. Which is what Nurse does and why I think he's... Yeah. Again, like, you have to earn your spot on the Raptors rotation right now because it's so good. And even someone like Matt Thomas, who's coming back tonight, is not going to be just throwing it. Like, you know what I mean? It's going to yeah. take some time. you got to earn your spot here. And when well, someone Matt, like OG's not playing well, O'Shea Brissett will get the chance. To be fair, though, Matt Thomas was getting a few reps for the Raptors 905. I think he played the last two games for the 905, so hopefully he's back in game shape because we do need... 
I don't know. Do we have made like a nickname yet for Matt Thomas? Is there something like clever you guys could think of? I don't think mm. he has he earned one yet. Like, I don't know. That's a good point. I think you got to like you know Boucher only got those you know nicknames of of Slim Duck. People call him. I call him the plug because Boucher like is a butt pl- plug. <laughs> Boucher is, is is the block or plug in oh, French. Oh, I see but, where you're going here. Okay. But yeah. you're right. Only after a player, the bo- Buddhist makes- Frenchman, Mister <laughs> International over here. It's all that post structuralist French theory. The, the Slim Reaper. The Slim. Yeah. The Slim. Oh, that's Durant, right? No, but you're right. Like I think Graf's right. You need a performance that that brings out a nickname. It doesn't work the other way. So maybe tonight's the night. All right, so the Raptors currently are in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. We're talking about a pretty stacked division. Um, beyond the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, there's about five teams that are pining for that second-place team. Separation between second and six is about two games. So we're talking about a very sort of neck-and-neck Eastern Conference once we get everyone back, once the whole roster's back, once Siakam and et cetera, everyone is back and healthy and we have the whole unit back together again, where do we stand comparatively in the Eastern Conference? I know Milwaukee is absolutely incredible at 32 and 6, but are we, like, with you know the whole team back together, the whole game back together, are we the consensus second best team in the Eastern Conference? Uh, are we the con- definitely not the consensus second best team? Like, like, uh, like uh, the US media, right? As as per usual, like we haven't been the consensus top a consensus top three team in the East like ever. I don't remember a time when there was ever a consensus a positive consensus surrounding the Raptors. Well, coming off of you know a championship victory, obviously we kind of we get you know we get put in the conversation. We were put in the conversation of you know don't forget about them. They might get fifth. It's kind of uh, Sam Mitchell put us as eighth. I saw him on NBA TV, and he had yeah. to run down. He had the Hawks. Well, his salty us. ass got the, fired from the Raptors. That's why. Yeah. The <laughs> other guy had the Raptors in ninth. The other guy besides Sam Mitchell. So just for reference. There you go. No, you're right. Um, you know what, Brandon? I, okay, I think if we get our whole team back, it's tough to say. And uh, Jordan Manners, our, our guest, made this point because after the the Milwaukee game when we first played them, I said. I don't think we can compete with Milwaukee. I think that they're a clear level above us. And he said, and Graf said this too, it's tough to evaluate the Raptors. A, we got a lot of young players, and B, you know, it's going to be a finished product. It's a fairly new team. Let's see where we're at at the end of the year. And I think that's more true today than it was then because of the injuries, right? This team at its peak looks like a team that can get to the Eastern Conference Finals. If they make a trade, then you talk about getting to the Finals. Yeah, and look at the top six in the East. Right now, it's competitive, man. The sixth best team is the Pacers, and they're twenty-three and fourteen without like, Oladipo. Exactly. Again, like it is a and very Brogdon. competitive. I think not. I don't want to say any of the six could be up there for that number two spot. But again, like you put Milwaukee pretty much as the consensus number one. Boston, Miami. If you explore the Raptors' wins. That's the other thing. We're undefeated against teams under 500. Just which like is the usually Lakers, what we do. Which is exactly what we do. And if you if you really dig deep, we're not that great against the Eastern. I mean, no, we're okay. We, we haven't we right? haven't shown up again. I think we're like like one or two and like six or seven. So when you really look at that, it's hard for me to say that they are consensus number two. But again, we've had two games with our full roster. Yeah. So we're not even close. The one thing that sucked about this year for Nick Nurse, I think, is that we haven't been able to build that chemistry. So that's going to be a huge part of the second half. This first half for me has been experiential now, or experimental. Experimental, sorry. yeah. Um, because basically that's all they're doing, right? They're just basically putting in different lineups. Nick Nurse is finally getting to to see what different players like O'Shea have. 
The second half is going to be about getting the players back and making sure they're ready for the playoffs. I think one thing we can't overlook is the fact that what I just mentioned, we have the Bucks at number one and we have five other teams that realistically could be the second place team. Then we have seven and eight. So let's say come playoff time, you know, we obviously want to have that second chip That's because we're, point. you know, if we play three, we're going to go against six. And right now, six is Pacers. That's you know, really if we finish point. at two, Magic or seven. So you know, obviously we're, we would like to finish at number two. Or number one, so we can get a more ideal first round matchup. I think number one, like that's gone. Like, I, like I, the Bucks are, are like all time great pace right now, right? I don't think anybody's going to catch them, but I think it's a really good point that you make about if we can get that second seed, it could make the difference, like between advancing, right, or not, or not being too tired after that first round because if you're like third and and against six four against five in the east is going to be a dog fight Alrighty, uh two more topics for the raptors before we jump in the second quarter i want to touch on this really briefly uh greg made his uh all-star vote and uh graph and i just want to let you know that he put fred van vliet and yeah, I did. Lowry as the backcourt of the eastern conference well All-Star that's biased that's biased. Um, i was gonna say but anyways realistically do we have how many? Not factoring in injuries, how many all stars do we have in the team? I two. think we have two. I think we have two as well. Yeah. Who do you think? Who are your two all stars? Lowry and Siakam. Chris Boucher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lowry and Siakam. Yeah. Of course, Lowry will be there. Um, you say that of course because when he was injured and he came back from his in- injury, he wasn't playing that great, and I worried like if he performs like this. I don't know if he'll make it. And the Raptors, like, we need to be a top four seed. Lowry's one of those people, though, that doesn't get a lot of the fan vote, but, but gets a ton of coaches. the player vote and yeah, the coaches yeah, vote, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, if he's already sixth right now with the fan vote, I'm yeah. very confident that he'll be in there. Because number one is Trey. Kyrie Irving, I think, was number two. He hasn't played really yeah. much at all. Um I, I think, again, guards in the East is going to be very interesting. I, the whole All-Star game is interesting. It's weird to see the first fan selections and thank God, it's not up to them because yeah. Taco Fall would be playing in the All Star game. It's so stupid. Like they have to redo kind of this whole thing. But it's thank God that the coaches get a say because that's where Kyle Lowry gets in. The debatable coaches- one though is is Fred VanVleet, right? Like I, I think if you're gonna put someone on the bubble of who if they're gonna be an All Star or not, Fred is Fred's debatable. Like, uh, but the like, injuries haven't helped. If let's just say Lowry was out for this whole season and the Raptors had the record they did and he had the numbers that he has, which are very comparable to Lowry's like you could make the argument that if the Raptors like send two players that he would be the second player um I just voted for him because I like to give props because he's our guy they also like to reward teams that have really good records so I yeah. could see I mean the Milwaukee Bucks don't necessarily have three all-stars on their team because Bledsoe's not no not they can't get at all three. but again that's a team like uh, what was the Hawks a while ago that had four, four. Like, almost their whole starting lineup was but, there but they were first in the east and they were also like like they were um a team where they had like four borderline all-star players but again, right. if the Raptors go on a run from now until the All-Star break, Fred VanVleet plays really well. I can see him sneaking in and being a bench player like, there. And you think that he would be the third? He, you think he's our third star in that sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. There's, he, yeah. there's no one really else that would that would come close. I don't think on yeah. our team yeah. in, in an All-Star vote. Yeah. All right, last subject I want to get to before we jump in the second quarter. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of chatter uh, about potential trades throughout the NBA. Um, 
I got some marquee guys out there are big men, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, and DeAndre Drummond. Um, are there any guys out there in the NBA that come to mind when it comes to sort of potential trade chips for the Raptors moving down the road? For, for me, I, I'll throw a name out there, and I, I think the Knicks want to keep him from the sounds of it. I think Marcus Morris would be a fantastic addition to this team. That's I Okay, so um, I agree with that. And the reason is is that we need help with our rebounding. The Raptors are one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. Also shooting 40% from three. Yeah, um, I would love it if you played on our team. He's one of those guys you hate to play against, but you want him on your team. Um, as for those three players that you mentioned, the thing about them is they're all great rebounders. That being said, like there's all reason, like there's different reasons as to why maybe none of those players would work. Maybe Tristan Thompson, you could swing something where like you would trade like, you know, like a Boucher and like you know something else. Not Boucher, never. But Boucher. that's what you have to oh, do, God. right? Unless you want to trade a Baca for Thompson, I don't even know if that's worth it. Well, are we keeping Boucher no. to get LeBron James? <laughs> um, no, like I don't know. It doesn't like. We have so much depth this season, it just doesn't really make any sense for us to sort of offload future assets, especially how you know, Messiah's been drafting the last few years. Like, I just can't really rationalize trading a first-round pick for a quick fix, like a guy like, you know, uh, Tony Snell or Langston Galloway or Wayne Ellington or et cetera. Look, the only thing that I would say is that you have to look at the free agent class this year, and it's not very good. No. It, Andre Drummond, I'd say, is the number one player. Yeah. So, he... It all depends on what the Raptors want to do next year, right? Like, if next year is going to be kind of the write-off year before we get Giannis, whoa, whoa, or it's that whoa, whoa. like the make the playoffs. Who did you, know? you say was the number one upcoming free agent? Andre Drummond, Carmelo, <laughs> Van Vliet. We got to figure out what 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 we're doing with Van Vliet. Ooh, I but yeah, were, but again, we'll see. If Andre Drummond is number one next year. And this year was like Kevin Durant. It's a it's a weak year. Is what yeah, I'm saying. and he's going to demand a high. We return. have a lot of injured players, which is like again between Powell and, and it depends what's going to happen at the at the deadline. But if they're injured, we can't trade them, right? Like we got lucky with Valanciunas last year. He yeah. just got back. Yeah, barely played. Did he play a game? No, he was geared up to play. Just and then about we to play a game, and we shipped him. him off. Right. So I don't know. I don't see us making any big moves because the team still has so much to figure out this year. I think we're just going to grow. I don't. I don't think Masai does anything. Maybe he trades, uh, you know, one of the players that have actually shown out like in this little process, like in O'Shea Brissett, and try to get a good pick. But that, no, that's not even it's pointless. Yeah, yeah. How much would we have to give up at this point? Case okay, so he has uh, expiring contract. Okay, how much would we have to give San Antonio to get Demar Derozan? <laughs> he does Honestly, know he has a player I, I option next I year. I wouldn't want Demar Derozan. Yeah, really? he wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't want no, to come back. No, of course back. not. Again, mind like, you, we could use a good scoring two guard. Hey, Ugh. look, look, hold on. The one player, okay, on that note, the one, the player that I've had my eye on is Drew Holiday. I think if awesome. you put Drew Holiday, like, on this team, yeah, but you'd have to, his then, we, so then we could compete. Then we can compete. His salary's so high. I think an interesting name, I mean, okay, an interesting name. MLS, you got deep be, pockets, guy. Deep yeah. pockets. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Go on. Your pockets. <laughs> The three position. I mean, Rondé Hollis Jefferson's played really, really well. Oh yeah, he's played great. Um, OG's, you know what? O- OG's been there. He's had some good moments. And he hasn't he's played bad. Played well, he hasn't, he played, hasn't played bad. Exactly. But he, he hasn't, ha- played he hasn't taken like the Siakam jump. I agree. I agree. So I think he's still a a good young player. And if Powell's playing the two and Fred VanVleet's there, I think we have more players necessary. So the only thing would be to sort of make the one of those, you know. Package a couple players to get yeah. one, right? Yeah. That's the only thing. That's what that's is, what we would have to do. Is Kyle Kuzma at all of interest? 
for you guys? Like, well, you think you, Kyle Kuzma, interesting we would have, to, we would have to pay quite a bit for Kyle Kuzma considering how young he is. But what about a guy like Daniel Gallinari, for example? Does he fit the uh, the timeline of our team? Yeah, one year left on his contract. He plays a four three four position. He's a three point shooter. Obviously, yeah. we want to improve our rebounding, but we do That's have pretty bad... physical interior presses on both in Serge Ibaka and Marcus Saul. I think he complements both them pretty well. I think if you put Serge Ibaka and Gallinari in the court together, you basically have five guys who can shoot the three pointer. Yeah, it, I don't know. That's... That's not a bad. That's not a bad idea either. The Gallinari, he would definitely give us a bump. Yeah, but does OK? It's OK. He's OKC right now. Right? That's the thing about OKC OK right now. Got like six first round draft picks from that trade with Paul. Well, Jordan it's also you know. Everything. Well, let's let, let's jump into the uh, let's jump in the second quarter right now, and we'll start this one off with a Western Conference discussion, and we'll talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder because that's one of the topics Greg and I want to discuss today. So obviously, Sam Presti flipped Paul George and Russell Westbrook for the insane package of prospects, picks, etc. You know, basically emptying the cupboard to you know take two steps forward, take a step backwards to take. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Yeah. Anyways, um, the team has been eight and two in their last ten, seventh in the Western Conference. They're a playoff team at this point. Um, they're one of those teams that you should really you have to have a come to Jesus moment and think to themselves: Are we legitimate contenders, or should we continue to add to the cupboard? Like, I don't know what they should do in this situation because obviously a guy like Gallinari puts them in the playoff picture. But you know, do you want to waste the one year left in his contract in order to get bounced in the first round, or do you want to flip him for assets? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I think when the year started, everyone just assumed that the Thunder. We're gonna be just like except there. for me, except for me. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Like, no. But we we did look at the team and we said, you know what? That's not a bad roster. Like, they could actually be good. Like, if Chris Paul buys in, and you were on to Jay Gilgis Alexander since he was in high school here, right? Like, he's. I mean, you called him a superstar in one of the podcasts, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And but he he could be a superstar in the league. Like, he's that. He's not just becoming sure. an all star. Like, he could be a superstar, like a top ten, top. Like, if someone came up to you and asked me who would you rather have if you're a new franchise, new organization, they asked me Dame Lillard or Shea Gillis-Alexander, I'd have to really think about that one, to be honest with you. No, he's, like, that kid's the real deal. But again, it's about the timeline. Like, Chris Paul doesn't fit the timeline of those younger players, right? Or Gallinari Financially, Chris Paul doesn't fit any team's timeline, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he's way better fit on OKC than Russ Westbrook was. Like, just look at the influence he has on someone like Shea. Oh, for sure. Even Schroeder has been playing great. Exactly. I mean, except for last night. But, yeah, no, he... Look, he he's a mentor, Chris Paul, yeah. in my mind. So that, that's what's well, that expensive see. mentor, bro. Oh, better than Russell Westbrook, in my mind. He's no, no, no but, the exact but same he, thing. But, but he wasn't. You're not paying him to be a mentor. You're, you're paying him to. But he's playing really. Yeah, he's taking no. over basically any game he wants, but also letting the kids play in the first three yeah. quarters. Yeah, like he's letting. He's allowing someone like Shea to yeah. to, to blossom. I guess for lack of a better term. But like, no, blah. That's it to grow. Honestly, right? he's he's. Chris Paul's, like, he, I think that's the perfect fit right now for there. But to go back to your point, I, I don't know how many, if they really need more assets. Like, Sam Presti's pretty good. Like you said, they're in a playoff spot right now. If anything, I think they're going in the opposite direction. I think they might be looking to acquire someone, um, a couple people. Because, again, like you said, Schroeder's doing well. That I would be really cool. Last, he was okay, but I could see them picking someone up, actually, to actually make them better. Like I, I would like uh, that. I, I would love to see the Thunder. Like you know, they, they look at the team they have, and they say, you know what? We got all these picks. Why don't we get a Kevin Love, right? Or, you know, why don't we go after um, CJ McCollum, right? Why not? Like, like, to, why not? Honestly. Well, because, like, the idea was that they were going to reboot it. No, but look at what Philly did with their draft picks, or Brooklyn with their draft picks. They didn't necessarily... 
draft. You know what I mean? Like no, they no, use but- those as tri- as chips to actually get a good team. So I feel like that's almost like the next natural step. They know they have a star and shit. They know Chris Paul's going to be good for at least this year and probably next year. Yeah. Like, he's a good enough player and is willing to play the secondary role. Yeah. So wh- why not take a chance on someone Beca- like I mean, Kevin the, Okay, like, the idea would be, like, you can't win at the highest levels in the NBA unless you have, like, a superstar, legit superstar player in his prime. And Alexander is still, Shea Alexander is still a ways away from that. Um, so, And I think the Thunder were planning to, like, tank for a few seasons and, like, use those draft picks and get some really good players. Unless, like you say, they could run a trade. Trade a couple of those draft picks if, for if another impact so player. But picks. if they're going to go in all in on one season, you know, paying heed to their you know their, their own draft pick this season, it's a pretty shallow draft this upcoming year. Why not go all in this year? Why not make it the year? Why not see what you can get with this current roster? Yeah, and it's not necessarily just like a one-and-done year, right? Like, if you got someone like Kevin Love... You have someone like Shea. Chris Paul's locked in for four. That you have a core now. That's just a weird fit. Kevin Love, Daniel Gallinari, and I I would imagine Gallinari would be gone. Yeah, I would imagine he'd be probably. They'd have to trade Gallinari for him. He'd be flipped in that. Like he'd be part of that. Or Adams, and then I would see. See, I don't see Kevin Love being that much of an like that an upgrade, big of an upgrade over Daniel Gallinari. He he scores a little. Oh no, sorry, he rebounds better. Rebounds. Yeah, he's substantially slower. He's on his efficient three point shooter as well. And I don't think him and Steven Adams in the front court would be. No, no, yeah, no, that would. Um, No, they 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 are a fun team. And again, it's a type of situation where you talk about bottoming out and how many flexible options you have, how many opportunities you can redefine your team, how many directions you can take. Um, Let's talk about another organization that it's uh, maybe on the opposite side of the spectrum discussion when it comes to turmoil, organizational turmoil, is the Philadelphia 76ers. I think coming in the season. And a lot of people are kind of predicting them as that team, as yep. that it team. Um, obviously, they've been a little bit of a slide. I think their last 10, 4 and 6 or 3 and 7, I can't remember. 4 and 6, yeah. Um, they barely but, beat the Thunder last night. Yeah, and sort of, you know, they're not really fulfilling those lofty expectations. There can be multiple ways to point your, multiple things to point your finger at. Maybe Brett Brown's or head coach. Maybe culture change. Um, you I know, obviously, one. they have my opinion about Ben Simmons, like, non-shooting. Um, Brett Brown, I think, made a comment last week that it's his choice not to be a shooter. Um, guys, what's 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 the stem from? What's so, the biggest so issue? Pointing, okay, if I'm going to point my finger at someone, it's Elton Brand. He constructed the team. The team, right? Like he, The Al Horford signing... I know, that's was, a weird one. He was always curious to me. Especially with Tobias Harris. He's shifting him over to the three with Joel Embiid as well. And you have three big guys in a you know small ball culture of basketball. And... Again, like the fit, and it's not all Elton Brand's fault. Like he inherited, and look, they're still a good team. I mean, they could come out of the East, but right now it doesn't look like it's working. It doesn't look like they're as good of a team as Milwaukee. It looks like they're maybe not even as good as Boston or, you know, potentially us because Embiid really has problems with Gasol, right? Uh, and it, when you've got a big man like that, um, and then you got Ben Simmons, that the spacing isn't right. It's just not right. Uh, I, you know, I was listening to to Brian Windhorse's podcast the other day, and you know there was a guy on there that was saying he thinks Ben Simmons is best served as a small ball five, right? As a small ball five, uh, and it makes sense because he can't shoot, like he just doesn't shoot. A small ball five. Yeah, these. Well, how tall is Ben Simmons? Six ten. 
Yeah, he's sorry. I was watching a video. He's about six foot ten. Uh, it's just it sucks. Like coming into the third season, you know, all the hype with the surrounding Ben Simmons comes. Next, draft LeBron time, James. You know, averaging under fifteen points per game points, still not be able to shoot the basketball. A lot like, of the turnovers. Guy, a lot of turnovers. I, I just, I, you know, like I, I think the Philadelphia 76ers have to have a real come to Jesus moment and think about the long term practicality of putting Ben Simmons alongside Joel Embiid. And I know people have been echoing this for quite some time, but you know, realistically, you want to build that team around Embiid. I think Ben Simmons is a very difficult guy to build around. Like you said, best case scenario or best position for him would be a small ball five. That would be in a different organization. It seems like they kind of clash stylistically based on what they bring to the table. Obviously Embiid brings rebounding, Simmons brings, you know, passing, but you know, if you can't shoot the basketball and you play the what one or yeah. four or even three position, you, you can't survive in the NBA, or you at least can't. He's not just a bad shooter, eh? Like he doesn't shoot. I still no think, jump shots. I still think he's right-handed. Like I still think he should shoot right-handed. And he just hasn't figured it out he, yet. Eh? Every single shot he makes down low is with his right. Like any floaters, yeah, yeah. any layups, yeah. any anything. It's always right-handed, and then yeah. he shoots with his left hand all fucking awkward. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. But look, I, the one point I'll have about Philly is that this is a team that, in my mind, is just. There's no bigger loss than J.J. Redick. Like, that's yeah. the most apparent thing that I've seen from Philadelphia. They are a good team. They were a good team. They were a very, very good team. They were they one were a, shot away from beating us. They were a bounce away from beating us, right? Yeah. So we're in overtime, going taking us to overtime. But again, with J.J. Redick there, it changes everything. I don't think... I think it, I have to point to Horford, honestly, because Tobias Harris can, can space the floor. Horford's a great player. He's smart. He's defensive. But he's he's slower. They took they took the Raptors, the NBA champions, literally within an inch of Game Seven of like of taking them out of the playoffs. Right? You have a front Bring court of now. yeah, Embiid and Harris. Okay, that clearly was working, and I just don't, I can't rationalize. Like I was talking about it when it happened, but bringing Al Horford in and just like how many spacing issues were happening, how the lane's going to be clogged. I don't give a fuck how savvy and intelligent Al Horford is as a playmaker on the court. If you don't have guys that can sort of physically move in space, you're fucked. I'm, well, I was going to say, like, he's slow. You can't have Embiid and Horford out there, but with Simmons running the point, who's just darting down the floor super fast and then looks to pass it off every yeah, time. Yeah, By the yeah. time Horford and, and Embiid are getting there, it's going to be like a shitty three or it's going to turn around into a, a half-court pass, a half-court offense. Yeah. You more or less like it, have like three non-shooters on the court as well. Yeah, you, you, they need that. those people who are able, like Jimmy Butler, they need, like, Tobias Harris has been okay this year, but again, he's inconsistent as can be. I don't blame him, really. Yeah. I blame that. I blame Brett Brown, because their offense looks terrible. Um, I don't really blame Ben Simmons as much. I agree, I agree. he can't shoot, but no, I don't think blaming. that's the biggest I'm detriment bl- to this team. Uh, yeah. Look, there, there are teams that have a point, like like the Magic Johnsons of the world, who are great, right? Like that. But would, Magic eventually going to shoot a three-pointer. Coming this third season, one this season, like, fucking come but, on, Jesus and, Christ. And two, he has two. If I two. can say, okay, sorry, wow. if, if I can say, though, it's not just that um, those two stylistically clash. It's that they don't seem to have the camaraderie and chemistry. Like, I mean, some guys don't need to be friends off the court and they just have the chemistry on the court. But they don't Jack have Kobe, but they don't have chemistry on the court and they don't have it off the court, which makes you kind of wonder, like, maybe these guys just aren't made to play together they just don't like each other enough because if, if if you like each other, then you're willing to kind of you talk a little bit over dinner and say, okay, how can we fix this? Me and you, we know that the teams around us, but they don't seem to have that bond, right? I agree. I mean, in a weird in in a weird way, I could see Horford being a better five and Joel being the four. 
But that's yeah. going to make Joel sacrifices his no. rebounds. Yeah, He's no not way. Get as many blocks. It doesn't make it. Well, I mean, they've again, been that's benching and beat sometimes down the stretch and going with a small ball lineup with Horford. What about Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum, Zach Collins in a first? Ooh. I don't think that. Again, who plays point? Who plays the point guard? Zach Collins, eh? For who? For Philly. CJ McCollum. He's a point guard in college. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just throwing out there. Alrighty, let's go to the third quarter. Um, so this is uh, something we did last time. It's kind of like a take shop. Um, am I crazy sort of segment? We're all going to pitch an idea around uh, the room, and basically we're going to rip each other to shreds more or less. Um, so I'll I'll start off. Is that cool if, uh, if yep. I start it off? Okay. So my call me crazy. I think if you talk about the 2018 draft, you talk about the best point guard in that draft. I think it is Shea Gildas Alexander right now. I think Trey Young's an absolutely fantastic dynamic offensive player. 20 points per game, 7.5 to 8 assists or whatever. Shooting blistering, uh, like what, 48% from the field, 40% from three. Absolutely stellar offensive player. But if you talk about long-term impact, defensive impact, um, you know the the Devin Booker situation of being on a really shitty team but being yeah. the best player on a shitty team, I think that's what Trey Young is looking at when it comes to his future. I don't think Trey Young... Unless he gets the right guys around him, is ever going to be able to be a champion. I think Shea Gillis Alexander is the definition of the evolution of the game, especially of that position. I think Shea Gillis Alexander can, at some point in his career, is going to be able to guard four players, uh, four players on the court at any given time. I don't think there's many guys in the NBA, except for the Draymond Greens of the world, that are capable of doing that. So I think right now and then moving forward, I would rather have Shea Gillis Alexander than Trey Young. Yeah, you're uh, you're not crazy, I don't think. But you're isn't Luka nuts. isn't Luka Doncic? Also, like you don't consider him a point guard, then he's not like a traditional point guard. The point guards like so, Colin Sexton, Trey Young, and Shea Gillis Alexander. Okay, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I kind of agree with that only because he brings you the defense, whereas Trey Young only brings you the offense. Although Trey Young's better on on offense, but I don't think Graf agrees with you. I you're think going, Tra- you're going at his boy. I think, I think Trey Young's a substantially better shooter. I think they're equally gifted playmakers. I think Shea Gillis Alexander is a way better defender, and I yeah. think he's a so better, for that reason you're yeah. saying. Yeah, look, okay, so it's funny because one of my call me crazy things was going to be about Trey Young being first in all star voting right now in the East. And I was going to say, call me crazy, but yeah, I think he deserves it 100%. No, no, like, I'm not. You are crazy. I'm not dismissing well, okay, that. So, I'm not dismissing his talent. And I'm not dismissing how good of a basketball player is. I'm just saying, if I'm comparing those two players, I would personally take Shea, Shea Gills Alexander okay, so now I'm, and in the long run. And I know people rag on his defense. And I, I, I'm not saying like defensive. So, first of all, the point about the all star that I'm just going to quickly, because it's a show. It's a show. He's one of the most exciting yeah. players. You yeah. want people shooting from half court. Yeah. He, he's exciting. You want that. You don't want defensive. He, that's bullshit. Okay, and I my don't point, think he's like the best player in the conference. No, but though. he's probably the, mo- he's the number one guard you want to see in the All-Star game okay, next, to, yeah. next to Kyrie because Kyrie's been injured and he's number two. Yeah, okay. I guess in terms of like the All-Star game being a show and for entertainment, but in terms of like... You know, he's also averaging I'm twenty and a half for points the best. Year. Yeah, but it, but but it's amounting to no wins. They have only had like they're like the Raptors. They've only had like three uh, three or four games with the roster with everybody's health. Yeah, yeah but again, you got to give you should some time be to able show. to get more wins than they've 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 been awful. But yeah, okay, go on. My second point is that Trey Young. If you look at TPA, he is right there in the list in the league with Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal. So I know people rag on his defense. Total points added. You look at this defensive efficiency mm. is the exact same as people like Beal and Damian Lillard, yet nobody talks about their defensive inefficiencies. He's 396 in win shares defensively. Like, not talking, like, I don't know. Like, who, I'm just pulling this up right here. Like, who is he compared with here? He is ahead of Trey Lyles and Kevin Love. 
That's not saying much. Who I'm just you? saying there are other players, very good players, that are not that are, are in the exact same position as Trey Young. Yet that's the that's the number one focus all the time. Is that all, easy? All the time. It's number one point. And I I'm not disagreeing. Trey, I watched the game last night. Trey Young, as soon as anybody wants to post on him, they can just do it. Like he has, yeah, he has yeah, no yeah. answer, no resistance, no answer for anything in the post. At the same time, the next play he comes down the court, Training puts the three. ball through his legs and fake yeah, behind yeah, yeah. the back, and then gets a nice layup over. Like. Yeah, that's no, what you're people right. want to see. He is right? So in my mind, I I I actually don't disagree with you because Shea Gildress, you're right. He He's needs people to be able to guard four positions. He needs people to maximize the skill set. Shea doesn't need people around him to maximize the skill set. Hence why I think Shea is a better player overall because he can. I don't agree, but I don't disagree. I guess so. It's I'm like right in the middle. So I'm not crazy. There we go. All I right. don't think you're crazy. No, but I I don't think I'm crazy for thinking that Trey is also deservingly number one right now in All Star voting. All right, Christian, what do you got, buddy? That that was my, that was it. What do you mean? <laughs> My name is Greg. Oh, okay. am I crazy <laughs> for thinking that? Oh, we the intertwine Lakers, it together. There we go. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Am I crazy for thinking that the Lakers need to make a trade and get a all-star caliber guard such as Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan if they're serious about winning a championship? Because I'm watching that team right now, and when LeBron is not the ball handler, they're struggling. Rondo is not the player he was. What do they trade? I think it's specific. Kyle Kuzma. I think they need to go after another serious playmaker. You do what they need. They need to get Jordan Clarkson back. <laughs> yeah, right? All these players floating around the league that the Lakers just like didn't develop. If there was one player you could trade Kyle Kuzma for, or one you know one package or anything that would be ideal for the Lakers, who, Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, you think or Kyle? Like, what? what who? Who's oh, the, wouldn't that one be, player? If, wouldn't that be amazing if they traded him for Drew Holiday? Just complete just the him. whole Pelican <laughs> situation. The yeah. Yeah, Honestly, crazy. when I look at the, I think the Lakers could really benefit from Kyle Lowry, but mind you, then Kyle wouldn't have the ball in his hands. Right, but they need they they need another playmaker. See, if I'm the Raptors, shoot. I'm not taking that trade. I'm not no. taking fucking Kyle Kuzma. You don't like Kyle Kuzma? Lowry. Nah, Kuzma's no. all hype. No, of man. course not. I wouldn't do that. Kuzma's either. all hype. But See, for me, they they need another ball okay, handler. Look, I don't think they need someone as elite as you think. Like in my yeah. mind, they don't. Need, you're right. I don't think Rondo. I've, I fucking always hated Rondo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's the worst. Well, he's, he's now starting to decline. Did you see Fakest that guy? Player. Yeah, from shit. Yeah. To Did you see him get uh, trolled on uh, social media? Over yeah, for the passing? No, no. He was in like some shoe store, and some guy was like oh, walking yeah. up to him. He's like, like, "Hey, Chris Paul, Paul I'm a favorite Chris basketball Paul, Chris Paul. He's like, "What? What the fuck did you say to me? What, what's What's your name, bro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right. Rondo sucks. They need an upgrade, but I don't think it's as, it's as drastic as you think. I think someone like a fuck. Uh, like a George Hill or something like that. Just someone who's reliable That's enough. That's not a bad. Like you don't need, I don't think they need to trade Kuzma. I think Kuzma's okay there. I think someone like uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope could get less minutes and you could try to bring Kuzma up into that. Like they they already have a huge lineup. Why not go like absolutely giant? Yeah. yeah. Like they, and you have 76ers. Like one of fucking four and six already. tailspin. They are very good. I, I think people are, are just kind of. Yo, Dwight Howard is going to be in the slam dunk competition this year apparently. With, with Vince Carter? No. <laughs> is that yeah. crazy though? Yeah, yeah. I actually think that's I love cool. it. I like. It'd be great it. if like he could it. win it. Shout out to Vince Carter playing in four decades. Just retire. You're shooting like thirty-two percent. No, go ten more years. Get another decade under you. Just die in the court. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I don't think the Lakers need to trade Kuzma. Uh, I honestly think they just need to trade. I don't know who the hell else they have in their roster, but. Trade Caruso. I'm so fucking sick of hearing about Caruso. Why? Trade him away from the Lakers so I don't have to hear about him anymore. Yeah. Stay-at-home dad, Alex Caruso. Yeah, I'd almost rather hear more about 
the I was, senior I, ball. I was watching the TNT guys. They were like talking about how he needs to like shave his head. They're like, I can introduce you to a nice barber. Come home, Alex. Come home. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, like white guys can't rock the shaved head. They just can't. It's like pink. Like he looked like a fucking weirdo if he just shaved. He looks like a baby. He's balding. He, he, what do you mean, Jason Kidd? He's not white. Well, like, uh, I mean, but what he's got is <laughs> something different there. <laughs> just pure silence. Would you trade? Okay, let's do another one. Would you trade? Um, would you trade Ben Simmons for Zion? No, absolutely not. Who? Zion, Zion, I wouldn't trade any, but. Luka Doncic and Zion Williams to me are the next. Zion's not gonna be in the fucking league in three years, man. Well, assume okay, assuming that like his injury risk. Human ankles are only built to like be able to like support stand, certain amounts of weight. Yeah, okay, like yeah. you can't stack on four hundred pounds. No, but his are to... built like his have been grown relative to his body. I think he'll be fine. I think people are freaking out too much. Him and Luka are the future of the NBA. And Marvin opinion, Bagley, according to my Griffin. opinion, and big, Mar- and big, Young. big Bagley guy over here. Trey Young, Mister Thirteen Point Four Points Per Game, dude. That's gonna go down as like, what, who's the guy who got picked after uh, before Jordan? Oh, not uh, Oliver. Ke- not sorry, not Oliver. Oh, Michael Oliver Candy. No, no, One no, no, pick no. before oh. Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Now nineteen eighty. Let's find this out. He's gonna. You're gonna have. Elajuan was picked before Jordan, but there's someone else in the middle. Yeah, Sam right. Bowie. No. Sam Bowie, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So okay, yeah. So so he's, <laughs> useless knowledge. That guy's that hey. guy's gonna be the uh, PhD. Bag, yeah, <laughs> he's Bagley is the, the Sam Bowie of our generation. <laughs> look, historically, look through, man. There's a lot of bad like number twos, threes, and fours. Dark there's, no, there's the word Darko Milicic, Lonzo Dark. Ball. Lonzo Ball's been great lately. Yeah, yeah. He's been fa- You know who the gotta, Lakers need? They got to trade <laughs> his brother. <laughs> no, uh, you know what's funny? You mentioned Kuzma to the. They should try to trade Kuzma to the Pelicans for Drew Holiday. He would be. Mm. Per- that's what I'm talking about. A player like that. That's who the Lakers need. Mm. Yeah, I could. I, yeah, I don't think it has to be that. Good. What about one of the two uh, point guards in Cleveland, Darius Garland or? Uh, nah, they're too young. They're too young. They need or someone Exa, that man. It's gonna be a six man though. They need who, a be- who they're gonna get? Graf, to see Exum last night or two nights ago. Twenty six points. Yeah. Really? After the Clarkson trade, yeah, it's looking pretty good. Wow. Ooh. Ooh. A little slice of Australia over there. Ooh, maybe they need Dante. Yeah, I don't know. All right, thank you very much. We'll be back in the fourth quarter. With Anticlimactic. Anticlimactic. Yeah. We're just kind of meandering on about just speculative trade topics. All right, we'll be back in a second. Alrighty, we are back in the fourth quarter for Diamond Pizza, sponsored, not sponsored by... Sponsored by Diamond Pizza. Greg's Gripe, everyone's favorite segment, where Greg basically just kind of uh, pisses and moans about sort of trending topics throughout the NBA, or sort of more obscure subject matter that not many people are familiar with. Whatever grinds my gears. Whatever grinds your gears. We're going to start this one off with something... um, Raptors scheduling. So I think for a lot of people, if you look at it on the surface, when it comes to Raptors holiday scheduling, we had the opportunity to play Christmas Day. We had a noon game. Um, very big news for Raptors fans. I think we were pining for that for quite some time. But I think there are other issues lingering within the holiday scheduling. I think a lot of people are satisfied with having the Raptors on Jesus's birthday. But beyond from that, are there a few other lingering issues when it comes <laughs> to scheduling? Look. It's not a coincidence why the team came out so flat, right? It's not a coincidence. If you if you look at the scheduling, right, I, I feel like the Raptors had been complaining about this for years. We won the championship, but then the league said, oh, yeah, okay, we're going to give you 
exactly what you want. We're going we're gonna to give you a Christmas Day game, right? We're going to feature you over the holidays. Well deserved. You and know, secretly, though, what you know, they yeah? you think a couple, you know, uh, first place finishes, you know, especially from the last half decade or so, yeah, we kind yeah, of right? finally get the opportunity to. I thought what made the most sense within the last few years was be like opening up the Christmas Day matinee with having the Raptors and the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and and that made way, but that would have made Brandon way more sense last. The Raptors were better last year, right? Right. We would have been a much better team to feature last year than than this year. The league was just forced to put us in this year, right? But it's just like the two unsexiest teams in the NBA playing each other, opening up the Christmas Day scheduling made the most sense to me. Obviously, exactly. the well, Spurs are a complete dumpster fire right now, but like yeah. in retrospect, they probably should have been the matchup. Yeah, yeah. But look, if it, it, this is what grinds my gears here, if you look at the Raptors scheduling prior to that game, right? From the 11th onwards, right? We played right the Clippers on the 11th, the Nets on the 14th, the Cavs on the 16th, the Pistons on the 18th, the Wizards on the 20th, the Mavericks on the 22nd, okay? And then we go to Indiana on the 23rd. So we played a back-to-back against the Mavericks and the Pacers, right? Going to the Pacers ends up being a, 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 a an overtime game, okay? And then you got to fly back to Toronto and play a noon game. You're playing a noon game against a team that is just waiting there for you. If you look at the Celtics schedule, between the 12th and the 18th, they didn't play at all, right? So they almost got a week off there to prep, right? And then they played uh, three games uh, from the 18th to the 22nd, so they get two games, uh, two days off in between them, right? Which is normal for M- NBA scheduling. And then, of course, they get those three days to wait for the Raptors in Toronto. And you wonder why the team came out like they did, right? Like the, it's just unacceptable to six think- and four in our last ten. A little bit of a slip up. No, but the next game we beat Boston. Yeah. Baston. Right? Baston. And look, and I'll tell you, right? Because look, we over the years, the, anyone who listens to, to, to this podcast knows that we have a deep hatred for the You Leprechaun. have a deep hatred for uh, the Boston Celtics. And you love Bill Simmons. I like him too. I don't want, like, I, I, I enjoy. We respect him. I respect and enjoy Bill Simmons, but it's not like my basis of hate for the Celtics. I don't necessarily view them as like our no. divisional rival. I just think you have this very sort of uh, strong hatred toward the uh, sort of blue collar makeup of that organization. It's the leprechaun. It's I'm leprechaun. Sick of their luck. Notoriously Look, racist against the Irish, Greg Eroshottis. Hey, listen, man, but this season. I'll say it now. For the first time in, I would say, the last five years, the Celtics could be better than us. They could be better than us, right? Uh, even though we beat them last time. Mm-hmm. I would say, even though Celtics fans would tell you for the last three, four years, they've been probably better than us. I, I Even the year that they went to the conference finals, when, if they played us, we, we would have beat them. Well, it's interesting. Like You talk about uh, you know losing kind of the glue guy on the service in Al Horford. I think a lot of people, media pundits, speculate at the... Celtics would, you know, have an easy, uh, not an easy season coming into in 2019-2020, but, yeah. you know, at this point, they look like they're probably better off without him, even though Ennis Cantor's been playing some pretty terrific minutes at the center position. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure if I agree with you with the scheduling thing. I completely get it, but I think in retrospect, I think when you look at back-to-back specifically, I don't think they're as, like, negative for players as you kind of like think it to be. You Sorry. Know, I, we also got scheduled to play on New Year's Eve. And before that, we had a back-to-back on the 28th and the 29th. I think the league said, okay, you want to play over the holidays? 
you're going to play over the holidays. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Sorry for the, uh, we missed a couple of weeks. We, each of us have our own holidays. Greg has uh, Macedonian Christmas and I have Korean Christmas. So uh, Happy we're Festivus. back. We'll be back hopefully every single week moving to the end of the season. Uh, you can catch our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Tune in radio app. Thank you very much for tuning in, guys. Peace out, t